Well, good morning again, and happy Mother's Day to each of you mothers. Uh, what an honor it is to just to honor you, and I hope you feel honored and loved, and we really do value because mothers change everything, don't they? Mothers change everything. And some of you are laughing because you know we're at day 21 in our 50 days of transformation in which we're letting God really transform our lives because, say it with me, Easter. Now say it like you believe it, not like you have to, you know. We're not in school this morning. You come to church out of a, a choice, right? I mean, you, you want to be here. Well, you want to make, keep mom happy. Okay, so say it with me. Easter changes everything, and it does. Easter has the power to radically change our lives, to radically change our lives for the better. You see, Easter is just not a one day out of the whole calendar event in which we sing songs about the resurrection. Easter has that power to radically change every dimension of our life, from our health to our wealth, from our mind to our emotions. Now today we want to talk about our emotions, kind of a coincidental, didn't plan it this way, good day for moms, um, how to manage our emotions in order for us to live a healthy life. Now we've talked about our spiritual health in week one, that's Miss Joy over there, she's competing with me already, uh, yeah, uh, we talked about our spiritual health and then we talked about our, what we talk about next. Our physical health, thank you, Brent. Brent heard it. He was there. And then last week, we talked about our mental health, our mind. And today, we want to talk about our emotional health. And sometimes, I think we don't realize that God is an emotional God. God is an emotional God. Jesus said this, the most important commandment is this. You must love the Lord your God with all your, what's the word? Heart. Heart, that's the center of, of a man or a woman's emotion. Love God, he says, with all your heart, all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. God wants us to love him passionately with all our being. You see, he is a God of passion. He is a God of deep feelings. Are you aware of that? Are you aware of the fact that God has feelings? He has feelings towards you. He has feelings towards me. He feels loss. He feels sadness. He feels pain. He even feels hatred towards sin and injustice. God loves deeply. And he feels very frustrated when people spurn his love. God is an emotional God. And we were created in his image. We were created in his likeness. God said this in Genesis 1.26. He said, let us make man. Now, now, who's the us in that passage? Let us. Let, that's right. It's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. It's the Trinity right there at the very beginning. Let us make man in our image after our likeness. See, the only reason why you have emotions is because you were created in the image of God. Other mammals, they don't have emotions. You have emotions. You have feelings because you were actually created in the very image, the very likeness of God. My emotions are a gift from God. Can you say that with me? My emotions are a gift from God. Your emotions are a gift from God. 
It's our emotions that gives us the ability to love. It's our emotions that give us the ability to enjoy life and live life and experience life to its full. Emotions are a good thing. Feelings are a good thing. But be careful that you don't go to extremes. Two extremes. Emotionalism and stoicism. Emotionalism and stoicism. Emotionalism. Let's, emotionalism's over here. Now, emotionalism kind of believes that all that really matters is, is how I feel. You know, what you think really doesn't matter. It's what I feel. What I think really doesn't matter. It's, it's what I feel. It doesn't really matter what God says or God's truth or what reality is. All that really matters is what I feel. And I believe what I believe because I feel it. And if I feel it, then I've got to be right. So basically, I'm always right and you're always wrong, right? Because if I feel it, it's the truth. It's the truth to me. My reality is what I feel. My, feel, my feelings cannot lie to me. Yeah. Um, that's what you call emotionalism. Now, on the other side over here is stoicism. Stoicism basically says, you know what? Feelings aren't important at all. Don't waste your time. What really matters is your mind. It's your ability to think and reason and process. Uh, feelings aren't important. Now, what usually happens in life? Stoics marry people who are very emotional. Stoics realize, you know, man, I'm a stoic, and I, and I need some fun in my life. So Stoics are attracted to the emotional, and the emotional, they realize they're too emotional, you know, and they make a lot of bad decisions. They kind of go crazy at times, and so they're really attracted to this nice person over here that seems to be in control and, and, and relaxed and, and, and not all wound up. And then they get married, and they live unhappily ever after, right? They're on, they find themselves kind of on this merry-go-round in which nobody is merry. And you've got stuffers, the Stoics, and gushers. And stuffers are frustrated with gushers because they just have too much emotion. Like, what is wrong with you? Why are you crying again? Why are you crying all the time? Uh, you know, stuffers are frustrated with gushers, and then gushers are frustrated with stuffers. And gushers are saying to stuffers, why won't you talk to me? Why won't you share what's inside? Why won't you tell me how you feel? I'm asking a simple question. Just tell me how you feel. I don't know. You know? You see, our prayer needs to be, God, help us to acknowledge and value our emotions and help us to learn how to manage them well. We need to avoid the two extremes. See, I must learn to manage my emotions, number one, because my feelings are unreliable. Can you say that with me? My feelings are unreliable. They can lead me in the wrong direction. I mean, let's be honest. How many times have we thought, you know, I, this feels like the right thing to do. And then we go out and do it, and it was the worst thing we've ever done. But it felt so good. Our feelings can lead us down a blind alley to impulsivity. Everything you feel is not real. It might be real to you, but it's not real. I might feel like a million bucks. That doesn't mean I have a million bucks, but I feel like I have a million bucks. Proverbs 14, 12 says, there is a way that seems right to a man. There's a way that feels right to a man. There is a way that feels right to a woman, but its end is the way to, what's the word? Death, Death destruction loss 
Our feelings are not infallible. Just because you feel something doesn't make it true. So I must learn to manage my emotions because my feelings are unreliable. Number two, because my feelings can be manipulated. If you don't learn to manage your emotions, your emotions will manage you. And your moods will manage you. And people will take advantage of you. That's one of the primary purposes of marketing and advertising is to kind of stir our emotions, you know, to, to get us to buy, to get us to respond. They try to stir our emotions. And, man, there's some great commercials out there, aren't they? And they, you know, they make you want to buy a Chevrolet, which is a wise thing to do. You know, they just stir our emotions. And, and what they do, they stir our emotions to what's called impulse what? Buying. And that's buying things you don't need with money you don't have. And that's what listening to our emotions will sometimes lead us to do. We've all been suckered by a sale. We've all been suckered by a con man or a con woman. Proverbs 25, 28 says this. Like, I love this verse. Like an open city with no defense is the man with, what's the words? Circle it. Like a man with, like a woman with, like a person with no checks on his feelings. No check. The New Living Translation puts it this way. A person without self-control is as defenseless as a city with broken down walls. You see, I can be manipulated by my feelings. One of Satan's favorite tactics is to try to manipulate our emotions with guilt, with shame, with jealousy and fear and resentment. He wants to manipulate our emotions in order to control us, to influence us. The Apostle Peter put it this way. He said, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Satan uses and abuses our emotions to make sin look very enticing to us. He can manipulate you. So I must learn to manage my emotions, number one, because my feelings are unreliable. Number two, because my feelings can be manipulated. I'm reviewing, by the way. And then number three, because I want to succeed in life. I want to succeed in life. Do you know what is the number one predictor of success and failure in your vocational life is? The number one predictor. I mean, it's been proven after study after study of study. What, what is it? It's called what? It's not IQ. 100 years ago, 80 years ago, that's what they thought it was. They thought it was your IQ, your emotional quotient, your emotional talents, your intellectual quotient. It's not IQ. Now they have found it's called what? EQ. It's your emotional intelligence. It's your ability to get along with other people. It's your ability to manage your emotions. It's a, your ability to come into a work environment and bring the environment up. Because of who you are, because of your emotional strength, because of your stability, because of the way, the fact that you are in tune with yourself and you have self-awareness and you're aware of what's going on. You're aware of your culture and your climate and you influence it in a positive way. You keep your mouth in check. You don't say what you want to say and then pay for it later. Emotional intelligence. Proverbs 5.23 says, they die. <laughs> Because they have no what? Self-control. Their utter stupidity. I like the way the Bible puts it. Pretty clear. Their utter stupidity will send them to their graves. And we know people like that who continue to, 
to shoot themselves in the foot. They ruin vocational opportunities because of their emotional negativity controls their lives. Now let me be clear again. Emotions are a good thing. They are a gift from a loving, gracious, good God. But we need to learn how to manage our God-given emotions. Or they will turn into unwanted emotions like rage or jealousy or revenge or lust or greed or bitterness or hate. We all know what it's like to work with or maybe to live with a toxic person who doesn't know how to manage their emotions in a God-honoring way. So how do we learn how to manage our emotions in a God-honoring way? How can we untwist twisted emotions? How, what do we do with an with a unwanted feeling? Three things. Three things. You need to name it. You need to challenge it. And then you need to tame it. Name it. Challenge it. Tame it. Say it with me. You need to what? Name it. You need to challenge it. And then you need to tame it. First of all, you need to name it. Name it. First thing you have to do is to name the emotion. You have to identify it. That's not always easy to do. David said, my thoughts are restless and I'm confused. Identifying our emotions on our own is a very hard thing to do because our emotions can mislead us. They can manipulate us. They can keep us from seeing the truth about ourselves. Self-preservation leads to what? Self-denial. But you can't change or manage a vague feeling. You can't. You've got to name it. Do you remember Easter Sunday? We, we talked about the, the transformational process for change. And if we really want a change in life, or we really want a change that's going to stick, and a change that's going to last, we've got to see it, own it, Solve it, do it. We remember that, right? That was just four weeks ago. You got to see the problem. You got to own the problem. You got to solve the problem. You got to do it. You got to see it, own it, solve it, do it. Say it. See it, own it, solve it, do it. Yes, that's what you got to do to bring about change. And that's what we're talking about here. You want to change your emotions? You got to see it. You got to name it. You got to name it. And you got to see and name the root emotion. And that's difficult to do because emotions often are in layers. Take, for instance, the emotion called anger. Anger, sometimes fear, a lot of the emotions, are, they are what you call a second emotion. It's a second emotion. We feel anger and we think that's what the problem is. I got a lot of anger. I need to deal with my anger. No. So another emotion is fueling the anger. Another emotion is fueling the anger. Maybe your feelings have been hurt. Maybe you've been disrespected. And the root is hurt feelings. The root is disrespect. And you're never going to learn to manage your anger until you deal with the root emotion that is fueling the other emotion. So ask yourself, what am I feeling right now? What am I feeling? In the midst of it, ask yourself that question over and over again. Try to get in touch with what's really going on inside of you. What am I feeling? What am I feeling right now? And if you can't name it, you can't change it. 
scratch below the surface, peel back the onion, because what you think you're feeling might not be the real issue at all. And be careful. Be careful not to fall into what they call transference. We all know what that is, right? I mean, you go to work, the boss, he's a jerk, he treats you like a jerk, you go home, you know, and your wife says something or your husband says something, you know, and, and all of a sudden now you're angry at your wife or your spouse or whatever the case is, and you can't believe what a jerk they are, and the real issue is they're not a jerk, you love them, that's not the problem, it's the jerk at work. But, you know, the jerk at work can fire you, right? And so you come home and you take it out on your spouse, or you kick the dog, or you yell at the kids, and please don't kick the dog, and more importantly, please don't yell at the kids, don't transfer your emotional frustrations onto other people. Parents, don't transfer negative emotions onto your children. It marks their lives. It scars their lives. You need to get into control. You need to manage better your emotions so you don't harm your little children. Get in touch with yourself. Ask God to help you to see your emotions. Look for triggers. You know, I found in life there's, there's triggers. There's things that trigger those emotions. And so you need to be asking yourself, you know, you know what am I feeling right now? And then you ask yourself when you begin to identify, what, what, what's the trigger? What's triggering these feelings? Am I really angry at my wife or I'm just tired and frustrated about my own life? You know, what, what's, what's triggering this? One of the triggers I found in my own life, and my wife would spend the night at her mom's house late night, so I didn't get a chance to approve this, so maybe I'm in trouble. So don't tell her I said this. She's coming to next service, and I'll, I, I, I blew it. I always get permission before I share a story, but I didn't on this one. But this is so good. It's so true. So maybe I shouldn't tell it. What do you think? Yeah, you're going to get me in trouble. You can care less, do you, right? Throw me under the bus. Drive me over it. You know, one of the triggers I've noticed in, in, in my marriage with Jan is that we really, we don't fight too much anymore unless a holiday is coming, like Mother's Day, you know. And what the problem is that there's like more holidays showing up on the calendar, it seems like, you know, and it's, it's every single time. It's, it's Mother's Day, it's Father's Day, it's Easter, it's not Father's Day, we don't fight then, you know. And, and I've asked myself, well, what's going on here? Well, there's a trigger. It's, it's, it, I'm under more stress during the holidays, and guess what? She's trying to please her mother. Um, during the holidays, and I'm trying to please her. And then we get on that merry-go-round, you know? It's not good. I've got a very good friend who's uh, very seriously mentally ill, and, and uh, often when she's not doing well, she'll come to me and say, I'm not doing well, I don't feel well. And, and I'll ask her, well, what, what are you feeling, and why are you feeling it? And what's triggering those feelings, you know? Are you, are you eating? Are you exercising? Are you getting rest? Are you taking your meds? What's, what's triggering what you're feeling right now? And often that, that person, she'll respond by saying, well, I, I really don't want to talk about it. And then I'll say, if you can't talk about it, you can't change it. You got to name it. If you want to change it, you got to name it. If you hide it, you ignore it. Let me tell you something. It doesn't go away. It just comes out sideways and it's uglier and it's bigger. You got to name it. And then you've got to what? you got to challenge it. Say it with me. you got to challenge it. You challenge what you're feeling. You challenge what you've named. Just don't assume or just don't automatically accept that what you're feeling is true. You don't automatically assume that your assessment of your feelings are accurate. Our feelings lie to us. They mislead us. And so we must challenge them. Not just assuming that just because I feel it makes it a fact. Over the years, 
I've learned to challenge my, feel, my feelings. I've learned to challenge my fear of uh, being disrespected or being taken advantage of. You see, I've, I've helped grow up three teenagers. And when you grow teenagers, what do they do? They take advantage of you and they lie to you, see? And, you know, we talk a lot of times how we've been scarred by our parents. I've been scarred by my kids. And, and I'm really just joking. I've got great kids, by the way, especially my youngest son, Philip, who's sitting over there. Next service will be my oldest son. But... Um, but you, know, but, but, you know, but I have a fear there, a fear of being taken advantage of, a fear of being lied to. And it's a legitimate fear, right? I mean, it can be a healthy fear because there are some really bad people out there that will screw you. Sorry to say it that way, but that, that's the truth. But if come Monday, come tomorrow, Pastor Brent calls in, says he's taking the day off, he's sick. And I think, hmm, he's taking advantage of our gracious sick leave policy, isn't he? I bet he's not really sick. You know, you can't miss a day around here unless you're really sick. He's, it's a beautiful day. He's probably out surfing. You know? Yeah, right, yeah? So you need to challenge that fear. Just because I feel something, it doesn't make it true. You challenge it. David, who wrote most of the Psalms all the time, he's asking God to help him challenge his feelings. In Psalm 26, 2, he says, prove me, O Lord, try me, O Lord, test my, what's the word? Test my emotions, that emotional center of man, his heart. Test my heart, prove my heart, try my heart and my mind. See, David was pretty smart. David realized that God knew him better than he knew himself. And so he is constantly calling out to God for God to give him self-awareness, for God to see himself, for God to help him see his heart and understand his heart. Test me, try me. One of the best things we can do is to humble ourselves and ask God for a better understanding of our feelings, of our emotions. God, examine my heart. Help me to see myself. Help me to see and understand the motives of my heart. Help me to understand why I feel this way and why I've got this emotion inside of me. You challenge your emotions by asking God for his help. You see, denial and deception is just so real and so strong. We need to humble ourselves and we need to ask God for his help. So you name it, number one, you name it, then you challenge it, and then you tame it. You tame it. You bring that emotion under control. You allow the Holy Spirit and God's Spirit to help you manage that emotion. Now you tame it by changing it or by channeling it. Some emotions are so destructive and damaging and hurtful that you just need to get rid of them. Paul said, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. The Apostle Paul is telling Christians at at, at Philippi, listen, your attitude, your feelings need to be the same as Jesus Christ. Your emotions need to be the same as Jesus Christ. So when you're in a difficult situation, one of the wisest things to do, one of the things I do is, is, how would Jesus feel in this situation? How would he feel? Would Jesus be irate at that waitress for being a little late? I don't think so. Would he be cursing at her? I don't think so. Would he be freaking out because something didn't go the way he had planned? I don't think so. 
Would he be biting his nails and worrying and anxious in his heart? I don't think so. See, I need to change any feeling that doesn't make me more like Jesus Christ. My emotions need to reflect the emotions of Christ. I encourage you to write that down. My emotions need to reflect the emotions of Christ. You tame it by changing it. Now, other emotions, you need to channel them. You need to channel it. You need to channel it and use that emotion for good. Let's say you've been the victim. Maybe you've been the victim of injustice Or maybe you've experienced racial profiling or discrimination or unfairness in the classroom or unfairness in in the job situation. Your natural reaction to unfairness is what? Anger. Legitimate response is, is to be peeved. Now the question is, is my anger and is my rage going to get me what I want? Probably not. But I can channel that anger for good. You take your anger and you make it your ally. You use it to channel your feelings for justice, for what is right. You use your anger to fuel your righteousness. It's called in the Bible righteous indignation. You see, anger itself is not a sin. Anger is a God-given emotion. It's what you do with it. It's how you respond to that emotion that determines if it's a sin or not. The Bible says, be angry. The Bible says, get angry. It's okay. Be angry. And don't sin, by the way. Don't attack back. Try to challenge, try to channel your anger to accomplish the greatest good. You see, God gets angry. God gets angry at sin. God gets angry at evil. God gets angry when women are used and abused and victimized. God gets angry when children are abusively beaten and neglected and molested. Anger is the evidence of love. When you really love someone or something, you want to protect him. You want to protect her. You want to protect your child. And when your child misbehaves, if you're a good parent, you should be peeved. You should be angry. You should be upset. You should love them enough that you want to help them. Love them enough that you want to care for them. You become angry. But what do you do with the anger? Do you kick the cat or kick the kid? No. You channel it. You channel your love. You channel your anger. In a positive way. Turn it into a good. Take, for instance, the emotion of loss of love. Some of you here this morning, uh, you'd like to be married, and you're not. Your, your love has been blocked. Or maybe you're married this morning, and, and you'd like to have children, and you've been unable to have children. Your love has been blocked. You know, we have couples in our church who don't come to church on Mother's Day because it's just too painful for them what do you do what do you do with that emotion of lost love when your love has been blocked you what you say it with me you channel it you channel it maybe you didn't get that love from that person that you wanted but this world is full of people that would love to be loved by you you just got to keep looking and keep trying Maybe you weren't able to have that child you wanted to have for yourself, but there are 137 million orphans in this world 
that would love to be loved by you. And maybe, maybe there's some children in your neighborhood or there's children in your church who desperately need your love. You channel your blocked love and you use it for God's good. You see, in life, it's not all about you. It's not all about you and how you feel. It's about Him. It's about joining your life to His. It's about using those negative emotions in your life for Him and for His purposes by turning it into a good. Put your faith in Him. Put your trust in Him. Let Him use your God-given emotions for good, for His good, for our gain. Because by His Spirit, you learn to channel what you feel. Can we bow our heads in prayer? And with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I want to invite you this morning, if you have not, to put your faith in Him. Right now, to put your faith in Jesus Christ alone to save you from your sins. Can you acknowledge to God right now that you've made bad choices in life? That you've sinned? Can you say, God, I acknowledge my sin. I'm willing to humble myself. I acknowledge my need of you. Can you pray, God, come into my life. I believe Jesus Christ died for me. I want to put my faith and trust in him to save me. Save me. Start your work of transformation in my life today. And this morning, can we all pray? Can we all say, God, help me to manage my emotions. Can you just pray that right now to yourself quietly? God, help me to manage my emotions. God, help me to use my emotions in a way that honors you, that glorifies you. God, help me to name it. God, help me to name it. Help me to quit playing this game of I don't know. God, help me, to, help me to name it. Help me to challenge it. Help me not just to believe it because I feel it. And then, God, help me to tame it. God, help me to use my emotion for your glory and for the ultimate good of those around me. God wants to use your emotions. God wants to use the unique, beautiful way that he has wired you. Please hear me. God wants to use that. You're not bad. Your emotions aren't bad. God just wants to use that, to channel it for his good. Let God channel your emotions for his good and for our good. God, we're so grateful this morning that you are an emotional God. Father, help us to learn to name our emotions, to challenge our emotions, and to, and to tame them. God, help us to, to live lives in such a way that we live with emotional intelligence, that we empower, that we enable, that we raise up those around us because we're in touch with you and we allow your spirit to lead and to direct our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.